Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Our text this morning is the first scripture lesson from today, from the book of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10. Please be seated. This lesson which we heard is a wonderful proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It certainly gives a strong witness to His resurrection. So it is appropriate that we give it our consideration on this Easter morning, even though we have also already heard the wonderful account of Jesus' return to life from the gospel according to St. Matthew. In order to consider this text from the book of Acts properly, It is important for us to know the context in which St. Peter preached it. And make no mistake, he did preach it. Perhaps not from an ornate pulpit in a gorgeous church building to well-dressed listeners gathered together to celebrate a festival day such as I have the privilege of doing today. But it was indeed a sermon. It was none other than Peter's communication of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus to a group of listeners, both eager and needing to hear the Word of God. In spite of the differences in settings, however, be assured that each and every one of you has a significant connection to this story. In fact, if it were not for God's action through Peter as recounted in that text, none of us might be here today. Without this event taking place, and having been recorded in the inspired Word of God, the Gospel might not have come to us. We might not be here, rejoicing once again in this community that our Lord through the Holy Spirit has enlightened by the Gospel, called by the Gospel, enlightened by His gifts, and sanctified and kept in the one true faith, as we learn in the small catechism. But it was the will of God that His Gospel reach you, And that is why you are here. Not because you were born into a Christian family, although that is somehow, sometimes how he reaches us. Not because you live in a Christian nation, for the historical and the current evidence both tell us that is not quite true. And certainly not because you or I are good people deserving of his grace, or that we are smart people believing in Christ because it's the logical thing to do. So then, how are you and your faith connected to this sermon from Peter so long ago? Why should we consider it important for our own connection to the church? It all goes back to the context I spoke of earlier. In the immediate aftermath of Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension, and for some times afterward, the message of Christ, the Messiah of Israel, was only being spread among the Jews of Palestine and the surrounding lands. After all, Jesus had been a Jew. He had taught in the temple and in the synagogues, and he had fulfilled all the messianic prophecies of the Old Testament, those scriptures of the Jews. It seemed logical that the Christ, the anointed one of Yahweh, would be proclaimed to his own people. Yet apparently, the apostles had somehow forgotten that little part of Jesus' farewell address, the part in which he told them, go and make disciples of all nations. 
Maybe they'd only heard the baptizing and teaching part. Or maybe they didn't feel comfortable with all the rest. After all, isn't that what you and I do all the time as well? We choose the parts of God's Word that we like, or those parts that we're comfortable with, or that suit our purposes, and we ignore, we discard the rest. Our sinful nature loves to pick and choose the things that our rational minds can accept, or that we think will give us an emotional boost, or will strengthen us for the day. Yet when it comes to accepting the fullness of the Bible, to letting the whole truth of it shape our lives and inform our hearts and govern our words and our actions, we often set those parts aside. With the serpent in the garden, we love to play that game of, did God really say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength and all your soul? Hey God, I've got a lot of other responsibilities on my plate, you know. Love thy neighbor. Not if he or she isn't going to love us back, we say. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and keep the other 90% you give me to meet my own needs. What, Lord? You think I'm made of money or something? And the Lord might answer you something like this. Yes, You are to love me above all things. Yes, you are to love others even when they hate you. And no, you're not made of money. You and everyone like you is made of a pile of dirt into which I breathe the very spirit of life. So I'm not asking all that much in return. And so Peter faithful and eager that he was to serve the Lord and convey the gospel, still needed a little reminder about some of Jesus' words, too. A man named Cornelius had received a vision in which he was told to summon Peter to his house. Cornelius was a Gentile, we are told, a centurion in the town of Caesarea. Apparently he was a believer in God, just like many of those that you come across daily in your lives. He had a certain righteousness about him in a human sense, but he had not yet been confronted by the gospel truth of Jesus Christ and been given the saving faith that comes with that hearing. Sound familiar too? There are plenty of those folks out there in your schools, at your jobs, in your clubs, and in your neighborhoods. So Cornelius, having been confronted by a vision of an angel, sent for Peter, who was about 30 miles down the coast in the town of Joppa. It's interesting that God didn't just zap Cornelius with the Holy Spirit while he was having that vision and make him a believer, isn't it? Maybe, just maybe, God prefers to work faith in people by having them hear the gospel from other human beings. Meanwhile, Peter is having a vision of his own. He's confronted by a dilemma. He, the devout Jew, is being told it's okay to eat some of those foods that had previously been considered unclean for those descended from the Israelites. God had given His people strict ordinances about this back in Moses' day. Now, however, God was telling Peter that those dietary laws of the past intended for His people's well-being 
and to demonstrate their faithfulness and trust in God no longer applied. Indeed, the voice of God told Peter that he was not to consider anything impure which God had made clean, including people who were Gentiles. And it was then that those who had been sent out by Cornelius to get Peter arrived. The next day, they and Peter set off for Caesarea with several believers accompanying them. When they came to Cornelius' house, the centurion had gathered many of his friends and relatives to hear what Peter had to say. Peter explained his recent vision and how it had removed any sort of hesitation he might have had about coming to visit a Gentile's house. Cornelius, for his part, related to Peter his own vision, concluding with a request that Peter tell them everything that the Lord had commanded him to say. This is where our lesson for the day begins, with Peter informing Cornelius and the other listeners that God shows no partiality or favoritism to anyone, but accepts all who fear him and do what is right. Implicit in this, do what is right, is this. First and foremost, it's to believe in Him and to believe that which He has shown us and given us to believe. That is the most right thing that any of us can do. And that's just what Peter communicates to Cornelius and those who had gathered in his house that day. He gave them the message of Jesus Christ, true God and true man, living a sinless life in service to others, and then dying on the cross. And Peter told them the same news that you and I heard already today, that Christ is risen. He was seen after His resurrection by many witnesses. And these witnesses have passed along that good news, generation after generation, century upon century, even to you and to me. Peter concludes his sermon with statements that might be every bit as powerful a testimony about Jesus as Peter's earlier words had been. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Listen to these concluding statements once again, for they are nothing less than a creed every bit as true and effective as what we ourselves speak in reciting the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed. Peter says this, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that He is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about Him, that everyone who believes in Him receives forgiveness of sins through His name. Can you see it all there, condensed but apparent? God the Father Almighty sending His Son into the world. God the Son judge over the living and the dead, given the power to redeem sinners, to cancel sin, to defeat death, and to bestow eternal life. And God the Holy Spirit, who spoke by the prophets and gives the communion of saints, those of us who confess the name of Jesus, their forgiveness of sins. That's God. And that's us. And that's what we believe and what we receive. And then, after Peter had concluded his brief sermon, an interesting thing happened, which is noted in the verse immediately following our text for today. Here's what that verse says. While Peter was still speaking these words, 
the Holy Spirit came on all those who heard the message. Not while Cornelius was having his vision. Not out of the blue. Rather, while Peter was sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with Cornelius and his family and his friends. That is how God works, dear friends. He works through the means that He has told us of, the means that He has given us. He works through word and sacrament. He works where He has promised to be and where His promises are given, at font and at lectern, from pulpit and from altar, water and word, body and blood. Like Peter and the rest of the apostles, and like all of the faithful Christians who have gone before us, we all have a call to be witnesses too, to rightly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, wherever it is that we are summoned, in whatever circumstances we find ourselves, to whomever we come across, whether we think them unclean or clean, because God will make them clean in a time and in a manner that He sees fit. You were brought here today not only to hear again of the resurrection of Jesus Christ for your own benefit. You were drawn here by the gospel to serve, to support, and to carry out the mission of Christ and His church to the men and women of every nation, starting right here in this place and wherever you find yourself, today, tomorrow, and for the rest of your lives. Thank God daily that He gave Peter, a Jew, the vision that told him to bring the gospel message to those of all nations. Praise him that you, a child of Gentile blood, were brought the gospel message of salvation through Jesus Christ alone, and that in hearing that word, the Holy Spirit came upon you and moved you to receive it. And do what both Cornelius and Peter did when they were moved by the power of God's word. They eagerly sought to do God's will, to ensure that the Word of God was heard by those who need to hear it, for the salvation given by our crucified and risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ is risen. Alleluia. And Amen.